Welcome to the Smeichel Speaks podcast channel. I'm Joanne Smeichel, and I'm delighted that you tuned in for relevant leadership learning that will help you continue to soar. Enjoy this episode. Dr. Alex Porter Umfrey, founder of Elevate Med, is back with me as I continue the See Something, Do Something series. She's been on twice before, and if you haven't heard those episodes, you need to go back and hear them. You need to hear the full Elevate Med story. And I'm very grateful that she's here again, um, taking the time to teach us more about getting big things done to serve others. Elevate Med is her brainchild, is her passion, is something that she and her family are so deeply invested in. And the organization is working to decrease. Well, why am I? Why am I going on about that, Alex? You here? Tell them what Elevate Med is all about. Thank you for that, Joanne. Elevate Med exists to truly elevate a physician workforce to the ideal that it should reflect the population served. And that's not to say that we can't care for people that look different than us um, and do an excellent job at it. We do that every day. But we also know that when we um, have physicians that look like the patients they care for, come from a shared background, speak the same language, have the same um, cultural understandings, that, that leads to a much more rapid establishment of trust and belonging at a time when people are most vulnerable. And we know that's critically important um, as we think about adherence to treatment, and ultimately that's what influences outcome. And so we're supporting the next generation of physician leaders with Elevate Med. We're providing them scholarships to help reduce their debt burden. We're providing them with mentors um, so that they can uh, start to envision themselves in the careers they desire 10, 15 years from now and learn um, how to navigate some of the challenges that occur along the way. We're providing them with leadership development because physicians are leaders in whatever spaces they hold, and we're giving them financial wellness education, really those tools that are needed to help overcome some of the um, debt burden from undergrad, from medical school, recognizing that a lot of students from underrepresented backgrounds have responsibilities that exceed beyond their immediate households. Students from or physicians from underrepresented backgrounds less often are um, receiving funding um, for their grants and their labs. They're in many cases not getting paid as much as their counterparts. And so there are some unique um, uh, aspects to coming from an underrepresented background and having a career in medicine that Elevate Med looks to support. And so we're starting at the student level um, because we know that cost is the number one thing that's keeping bright and dedicated students from under represented background from entering medicine in the first place. But once they're in, we want to make sure that they stay in and that they thrive. And so that's why we have this wraparound support and the holistic program that we've developed with Elevate Med. Love that. I love the wraparound support. First time you talked about what you saw. The second time you were here, you talked about kind of the how, how you did it. And today we're going to talk about impact. So rather than me, rather than me giving you a bunch of leading questions, Go go for it. Tell us about the impact of Elevate Med and, and tie that back to the how for me, please. Yeah. So the one of the challenges when we start to think about um, being involved in what's called pipeline work or, you know, workforce of the future work is that it's really a, a long game we're playing. We're making an investment now. 
with the belief that um, what we do now is going to influence what we see later. And so as we're three years in um, to having our program in existence, there are some um, short-term wins that we've already started to see. Of course, our students are graduating with less debt um, had we not been able to provide that support. We are seeing that our students are receiving their top choices um, in terms of uh, residency, which is not always the case. Um, and so we're glad to have supported them such that they were well-prepared for their um, interviews and well-prepared with a curated vision of who they are and what they want to do in their careers. And we believe that that translates. Mm-hmm. We um, have some other metrics that we've looked at within our program. We have um, we provide them with an executive coach, and they go through some leadership development with Berkman assessments, and they're able to learn about their strengths and their um, uh, stress behaviors and develop a leadership plan. And so we have those um, metrics of have they met the, the goals that have been set forth for them. And so those that's some of the early impact um, of what we've been able to see in this short amount of time. What we're really looking for in terms of the um, the, the broad impact is to start to see more folks that identify as underrepresented in medicine in um, specialty care. So we want to see more physicians of color in general, um, mm-hmm. number one. Mm-hmm. But we know that for the folks that are entering into um, uh, medical residencies now, the majority of people that are coming from underrepresented backgrounds are entering into primary care. Why? Well, there's a few reasons. Number one is um, there are the the majority of physicians that are educated in this country um, that come from black or African-American backgrounds. The majority of them are being um, educated at um, a handful of medical schools that are um, for designated as historically black. So we're talking about Howard University, Meharry Medical College, Morehouse School of Medicine, and um, Charles Drew in Los Angeles. And so if you meet a black physician um, of a particular age, uh, there's a high likelihood that they were educated at one of those institutions. Those institutions have a strong commitment to their community and um, also are um, 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 have uh, set a priority for ensuring that they're able to meet the needs at the um, front lines, which means primary care most commonly. So, and that's family medicine, pediatrics, internal medicine, and OBGYN. So some of it has to do with what schools um, students are going to and what they're exposed to within their school and whether or not their school is um, dedicated to creating um, and bolstering the primary care workforce, which is critically important. But the second um, aspect that's important to recognize um, is what I've said um, uh, before, you can't be what you can't see. And so if you are at an institution and there are no black neurosurgeons, it's hard for you to imagine yourself as a neurosurgeon. Mm -hmm. If you go to an institution and you don't see any Latino otorhinolaryngologists, ear, nose and throat uh, doctors, it's hard for you to imagine yourself in that way. If you've never even heard of what a dermatopathologist is. How could you imagine that that might be what you're interested in? And we need people of color who are interested in dermatology and dermatopathology. And so um, we really um, want to see in the long term, not just an influx of people of color in the primary care um, space, but we also want to see us well represented within specialty care. 
because the folks that have diseases that end up um, using uh, specialty care resources come from all different backgrounds and they deserve to see themselves reflected and the folks that are taking care of them. So it's critically important. That's a long-term goal that we hope to see as a result of the influence of our program, more people from underrepresented backgrounds in specialty care. Mm -hmm. That's very interesting because until you started talking to me about that whole notion of having people from underrepresented backgrounds in specialty care, I never really thought about the fact that, hmm, I don't see um, many people who look like me in, in the different, I've had a couple of little quirky things happen to me in the past couple of years. And I did, have not seen a lot of people who look like me in those little niche things that I had to have uh, checked out. So that's very interesting. Very, yeah, very interesting. And so I'm a, I'm a neurologist. I am a specialty trained in neuro-oncology. And so when we think about neurologists, there's about, um, 13,000 or so practicing neurologists right now. About a third of them are women. 1% are black. Mm. 1%, right? When we look at the number of native physicians that are neurologists, the number is very small. It's something like 0.2%. So when, when you say native, you're referring to Native Americans? Correct. Okay. That's correct. And so, um, and when we look at the number of um, uh, neuro-oncologists, Black neuro-oncologists, the number of Black women that are practicing neuro-oncology, I'm one of three that pr that practices adult neuro-Black women that practice adult neuro-oncology. There's one Black woman that practices pediatric neuro-oncology. Okay, who are these women? I got to know their names. <laughs> Dr. Sadana Jackson, she's a neuro-oncologist, pediatric neuro-oncologist. She's at the National Institutes of Health. Uh, Dr. Natasha Gatson, she is at MD Anderson, Banner MD Anderson, here in Arizona, where I'm located. And then uh, Dr. Ugo Chukweki, she's at the Dana-Farber at uh, Brigham and, William, Brigham and w Women's in Boston. Wow. Wow. And you all know each other, I'm sure. <laughs> we do. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, dear. So let's say you're giving advice to somebody who wants to do something that has lasting impact. Yeah. What do you say? You have to surround yourself with people that um, believe in the mission and the vision as much as you do. And because there will be days that are trying um, and that's when you need to turn to that uh, group to help ensure that you don't give up um, because there's lots of, um, you can hit lots of bumps in the road. And there's, I had um, quite a period of time where I was just doubting whether or not we would be able to make this all work. And when we were developing the branding um, for Elevate Med, I was working, I'm, I still work with Lee Hayward. She is a um, stylist and um, in a sense of a brand curator. And um, she sent me this children's book and it's called something like what to do with an idea. And in the book, there's um, it starts in black and white and then it um, turns to color at the end. And it, this little boy, he has this idea um, and he um, spends a lot of time with the idea and then he shows it to his friends and people laugh at it or they say that idea that's lame or it's just not fun. It's not as great as you think it is. And so he looks at it kind of with their perspectives in mind and he tries to put it away. 
And as the pages go on, you see the boy sort of walking through, maturing through his life. And the idea kind of follows behind him, just waiting to be picked up again. And finally, he turns around and he starts to play with the idea again and he starts to water it and he nurtures the idea and it starts to grow and grow. And as the pages of the book go on, it starts to get into color. Um, And then once the idea is more fully formed, um, people start to come around and they help him grow the idea. And it really just blossoms into something beautiful. And so she used that story um, to really illustrate, this is what I was doing with Elevate Med and the idea that I had, and I'm bringing in people to now help me grow it um, because it's turning into something beautiful. And so that book really resonated with me and we had worked with each other in the very beginning. And then when we had our first event to launch um, in uh, September of 2019, I was getting ready and we had um, gotten a suite at the hotel where we were having the event. And when I walked into the suite on the coffee table was the book, What Happens to an Idea. And so I knew um, that at that moment, things were coming full circle and it was Mm -hmm. just a nudge to continue to believe um, because the idea um, and that night we had more people that were willing to um, step in and help water and grow the idea. Because at that moment, we were asking people to believe in the mission with us to help us be able to raise a hundred thousand dollars to give, um, which we did successfully in May of 2020. So Surrounding yourself with people that will continue to encourage and believe in the mission and vision is critically important. You know, when that book showed up on that coffee table, that was what one of my friends calls a God wink. Um, That God was saying, I got you. And (laughs) winking at you. Yeah, yeah. So what are you most proud of? I'm so proud of our board for leaning in and just creating this um, beautiful program. People that hear about what we're doing with Elevate Med are inspired. People who come to our events and have the opportunity to um, meet the scholarship recipients, the Elevate Med scholars, they leave hopeful knowing that the future of medicine is in excellent hands. And so that really um, just fills me up and makes me proud. We um, gave an award in 2021. We called it the Breaking Barriers Award. We gave it to Dr. Dale Okorududu because we recognize there's so many um, folks that are doing work to try to influence um, how um, diversity in healthcare broadly, but the work that Dr. Dale was doing that earned him the Breaking Barriers Award from Elevate Med has to do specifically with Black men. And he has an organization called Black Men in White Coats. And so he was our inaugural recipient of the Elevate Med Breaking Barriers Award. And this year, just recently, about a month ago, I got a note from one of our students who was interviewing Didn't know um, Dr. Dale, but recognized his award on the shelf um, behind him. And they instantly started talking about Elevate Med. And so I'm so proud of the ripples that um, have started to occur. And we hope those ripples one day become waves um, of a movement. And so it's just from the from the donor who sent us $15 a month since we launched to the Elevate Med Scholars mother who sent me um, the most lovely of cards, thanking me for the investment we've made in her son. Um, It all is um, just a a point of pure pride and joy for me, Joanne. So tell me, what are the goals for future impact? Because you are soaring now and I just see this truly as a trajectory that has no limits. So what are the goals for future impact? 
Yeah. We hope to be able to offer our scholars program at every medical school in the country. And so right now we're putting in the infrastructure to be able to take us to that next level. We're currently partnered with 19 medical schools. And so um, we hope that uh, our scholarship and our program will be as well known one day as the United Negro College Fund is in the college space, but for medical students and for um, backgrounds that are considered underrepresented in medicine, that's the big goal. That's the big dream. And so um, we're each day um, putting steps uh, forward to be able to make that dream a reality. So how can my listeners help with this? What are the ways in which they can engage and support Elevate Med? If you go to our website at elevatemed.org, there's, um, you can click on a link, become a friend. And there are lots of options that will drop down at that link of how to get involved. Um, one is to become a donor. Another is to become a mentor. Another, another option is potentially someone might be interested in being part of our advisory board or on our board of directors. Um, we also have a listing of upcoming events on our website. And so even if you just want to learn a little bit more, there's certainly opportunities to come to our events, start to hear from our students. And I'm certain that they'll be inspired. You do something cool on um, LinkedIn. I'm not like Miss Social Media, but I do look forward to uh, the Elevate Med scholars when, they, when, when they're when they on LinkedIn and they tell their story and they tell little snippets about their lives. Um, that makes it very real for me to see, you know, real, real students, real people um, talking about what inspired them to be doctors or those kinds of things. So I like that you do that. And I hope that people will look for Elevate Med on LinkedIn and just start to hear the stories and see the stories and see their real live uh, human beings. Yeah. Yeah. We call those spots scholar spotlights. And um, we do, we try to highlight one to two students every month and we give short snippets of um, video interviews that we've done with each of them. And you can find us on all the social channels at Elevate Med Inc. I love that. I love that. That's probably my favorite thing that you do. Yeah. Thank you. So this has been the See Something, Do Something series. And I believe I know that you are like the poster child for see something, do something. Will you sum up the key points that you want every listener to remember? I hope that everybody recognizes that when you see a gap, you are fully empowered um, to start to put some steps towards filling it. Um, we always, I think we have a tendency of thinking, oh, somebody else will do that. Or if I had more time, maybe I could do this, that, or the other. And we, we put it off. And so I would encourage that none of us knows how much time we have. And so, um, but we do have an obligation to do all that we can with what we have within us while we can. And so do what you can while you can, um, do the most you can with what you can while you can is what I um, say and what I tell my children. And so I hope that um, as these opportunities come up um, for all of us, that we'll be willing to jump in and um, and try and find some people that are willing to jump in with you mm-hmm. um, because the, the power of the collective is um, just crucial to making a difference. And so that's what's been so um, wonderful um, with seeing the success of Elevate Men. Repeat that, do what you can. I heard it, do what you can while you can. 
What was that? Yeah. Do what you can with what you have while you can. Do what you can with what you have. I'm going to hear that one more time. One more time because I like it. (laughs) Thank you. Do what you can with what you have while you can. Love that. Love that. Love that. Meaning you don't have to look to somebody else to do what Mm -hmm. you actually have. Mm -hmm. I like that. That was a great closing thought. One more time, the Elevate Med website and um, any other things you want to tell us about this phenomenal organization. Yeah, you can find us at elevatemed.org. We're on all of the social media platforms at Elevate Med and Elevate Med Inc. And um, you can also sign up for our newsletter through our website. So please get involved. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. I am so grateful. And I am super grateful that you are the person who launched the See Something, Do Something series, because I truly cannot imagine anybody who is more of a role model for see something, do something than you. So really sincere. Thanks, Alex. Yeah, it was my pleasure, Joanne. Thanks for the invitation. Thanks for listening to this podcast. I hope that you got tools that you'll actually use and share. Subscribe to get more relevant leadership learning. Check out my YouTube channel to stay prepared for leading in an ever-evolving world.